You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Welcome to The Crossroad Podcast. Last episode, we talked about one of the here tools that help us to really discover what is going on, the truth of our current reality. We talked about the project mood curve, which is a tool for encouraging perseverance and perspective. Um, And it's essentially just the terrain of life, the ups and downs of life, um, the struggles and challenges, the expectations, um, and wrestling with reality when it doesn't align with that. Um, And at the very end of the episode, um, I said we were going to introduce a tool this week um, that is called the Two Circles, which is all about the two different kinds of mentalities that we can take while walking through the different terrains of life. Um, and I'm going to start this episode off with a story to just give you an example of one of the two circles, um, one of the mentalities that we can take in life. Uh, and then Joey will hop into explaining what the two circles are. Um, so I call this story the Great iPhone Debacle. And um, it starts out with Joey and I house-sitting house one weekend for some friends. And these are friends that had a really big place, very wealthy um, pool. Uh, they had multiple spare bedrooms. And we were there for a week and a half. And they said, invite your friends. Um, like, have, a, have some people over for the holiday. And so we invited a couple of our really good friends who drove all the way from Oklahoma City to Midland, Texas to visit us and spend the weekend with us. And this one night we were sitting outside and it was so lovely. We were having dinner and drinking a glass of wine and just enjoying some music on my iPhone. Um, and we had a portable speaker going and the portable speaker died. And so I'm sitting, uh, right next to one of our best friends, JC, who is with us. And you know how, when you take a cell phone and you stick speaker end into a cup or a bowl or something so that it amplifies the sound a little bit, well, my, my speaker died. And so I decided this is what I'm going to do. JC's got a cup right in front of her. It's blue. It's opaque. I can't see through it, but I just assume it's empty. And I take my iPhone and I drop it in her cup and splash. And the first words that were out of my mouth after I watched my phone drop into a full cup of water were, JC! And she looked at me and was like, what? I didn't do anything. And so I end up blaming one of my best friends because I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to take ownership of the fact that I made this really stupid and poor choice. Um, And this is one of the mentalities that so many of us take on in the circumstances of life. The mentality of I don't want to take ownership for these choices and for what's happening around me and my decisions. And so I'm going to blame it on somebody else or something else. Uh, Joe, do you want to get into introducing the two tools, the victim circle and the freedom circle for us? 
So the two circles are about two different ways that we perceive our reality in relationship to the external things that are happening around us. The first, as Kylie mentioned, is the victim circle. So again, if you are a visual person or are interested, you can go to thecrossroad.net and get a visual of this on your screen. Uh, it'll help as I try to explain what it looks like. So the first circle is called the victim circle. And in the victim circle, you are inside the circle and all of the things um, in this world are pressing down upon you. So life, um, in the general sense that we talk about it, people in the sense of relationships and your bosses and your friends, and circumstances such as the weather or any sort of thing that is uh, an event that's beyond your control. When you're in the victim circle, you view all of these things through the lens of how does it affect me? So we hear examples of this all over the place in our culture, in our society. Kylie and I have been trying to get uh, to have a baby for a long time. And people will say about having kids, why would you bring a child into this world, right? And it's that idea that the child is in the center of this circle and everything is going to be pressing down upon it. And it's going to have to endure all of the effects of these crazy people and these circumstances that are sometimes equally crazy and just life in general that's beyond a person's control. So when we're in this circle, the victim circle, you understandably feel uh, a bit crushed. You feel a bit crippled, a bit shackled. Because when you're in the victim circle, you can't change unless one of those external circumstances changes for your on your behalf and for your betterment. So you can't really do much because you're so focused on how things affect you. You guys have all probably been in a conversation with like three or more people and maybe you're talking to one of your friends about a breakup they've experienced and a third friend swoops in and says, well, what does that mean for our trip to Cabo? And it's like they've come in with this mindset of not hearing that a person has lost a significant relationship. They're just thinking about how does it affect me, right? So that's the victim circle. The other option is the freedom circle. And in the freedom circle, you're also inside of the circle in that confined space. You are just one human being in this world. But the difference is that in the freedom circle, you're focused on how the choices that you make affect the things outside of you. So you have the power to affect the relationships that you're involved in. You have a, the power to affect certain circumstances. You are a person of influence. And as you steward that influence, the life around you changes. You guys have probably heard uh, the way that we talk about how a person walks in and they just light up the room, right? We all have that capacity, hmm. whether it's through our sense of wisdom or our sense of humor uh, or the good questions that we ask. When we walk into a room, it's different. Just by the number of people who are in that room, it's different than it was before. So the Freedom Circle is about adopting this sense of ownership over our lives, where we're not, we're not crippled 
by focusing on the need for external circumstances to change, but we're empowered by the opportunity that we have to act and to decide in order to affect the world around us. So how does the two circles play into the project mood curve? How does it connect? Essentially, you can adopt these two different mentalities on all of the different phases of the project mood curve, but it most often becomes incredibly apparent that victim mentality is a thing in the pit of despair, in the storming phase, when things are hard. Because we're okay when things aren't hard, when things are easy, when things are going right, and when they're going as we expected them to go. But when things don't align with our expectations, when reality is different than we thought it was going to be, we have a choice. Um, and this is where victim mentality and freedom mentality, the two circles actually come in, where we get to choose whether or not we are going to allow the things that are happening around us to affect us and our ability to continue to move down the path, or if we are going to allow them to not affect us, allow how we are going to take ownership of our choices and the things that we can do in front of us, take ownership of the opportunities that lie ahead. I think one of the things you all might be thinking, is, which is some of the feedback we get immediately every time we teach this tool, is about the reality that people are victims. So to clarify, what we're talking about with these two circles is an, a mentality, an inner perception, because this isn't about denying the fact that you are affected, that you're influenced by external things. And so we're not trying to pretend that isn't a reality or to minimize it or to say that it's not something that needs to be addressed. What we're talking about is your internal like motivation and perception about your place in the world. One of the greatest books, I think, in modern history is by a man named Viktor Frankl, who was a prisoner in a concentration camp during the Holocaust. And the book is called Man's Search for Meaning, and it's essentially a book about Viktor Frankl's decision to adopt a perspective, a mentality of freedom, even in the midst of extreme victimization. The way we usually say this is that it is sometimes a fact that you are a victim of something that another person has done to you. But that is not the full truth of who you are. It is a circumstance that you are facing, but it's not the entire story. And that's what Viktor Frankl realizes when he's in this concentration camp. He realizes that his choices are certainly limited, that his suffering is absolutely um, inconceivable to people like me. But in the midst of that, he still has a choice to make, and he chooses to be a positive influence to the other inmates. And he notices that a lot of the other inmates um, use what is happening to them as kind of an excuse to mistreat one another, to steal from one another, even in some extreme cases to like physically harm one another. And Viktor Frankl just makes this incredible uh, decision considering the environment he's in to say, I'm not going to let the Nazis take away my freedom to choose my own character. So that's what we're talking about. 
We all have endured difficult things, terrible things that have happened to us. But those things don't define who you are as a person, and they don't define your ability to influence. There's a lot of people who um, have been victimized, who feel as though it's defining for their lives. There's a lot of people who really haven't been victimized too much, uh, who are even successes, that still uh, live in the victim circle because they've adopted this mentality that they can only go as far as the external things around them allow them to go. They can only go as far as they are taken. And so this is about your mentality. It's about your perspective. And in a greater sense, it's about your willingness and your ability to take ownership for your own life and to say, yeah, maybe some terrible things happened to me and I need to really grieve those terrible things and I need to not gloss them over. But even that is an exercise in freedom mentality. Even that is participating in the freedom circle by saying, I am going to grieve properly. I am going to take the help or to pursue the help that I need uh, in order to heal and in order to not allow what happened to me to be a defining, the defining thing in my life. So how does the victim and freedom circle tie into the project mood curve? Um, you can experience the victim circle and the freedom circle on all points of the curve, but it happens most typically in the storming phase. Um, when things are hard, um, when things are happening, when our circumstances aren't aligning with our expectations or our perceived expectations of how things could have been or should have been, um, we can end up taking on the the mentality that uh, if nothing changes, like if he doesn't change, if my team doesn't get better, if this hard thing that I'm struggling through doesn't go away, then I can't be okay. Um, But just because that happens most frequently in the pit of despair, in the storming phase, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen elsewhere. Um, And now I'm going to demonstrate again because that's what I do and share a story um, of how I have seen this taking place. Um, So I used to mentor a girl. uh, Her name was Babs. And we would get on the phone once a month and just chat about how life was going um, and where she was at. And I would coach her through some of these tools. And this one month we got on the phone and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm just doing horrible. Like everything is going wrong. Um, uh, at work, there's an issue and I'm having trouble with this project I've I've taken on and and it's just really horrible. And I just like, I, I'm having such a hard time and and I am working so much that my relationship is suffering and, and I had failed this exam that I was doing in order to get into school and all of these awful things are happening. Uh, she was in the pit of despair um, and she had a victim mentality that if things didn't change, if things didn't go her way, she wouldn't be okay. Uh, and so we had a conversation about that and it was really good. The next month, We got on the phone and I was like, Babs, how are you doing? And she goes, oh my gosh, it's amazing. The project that I was struggling at work, somebody else was assigned to it. And so I don't have to do it anymore. I passed the exam and I'm doing great now. Um, I got into school. Uh, I'm going on vacation next week to Ireland and it's going to be so great. And her and I chatted a little bit about this. uh, And she was in the performing stage. Like everything's going well for her now. Um, And... 
one of the things that she realized while we were talking was, oh my gosh, just because I'm doing well doesn't mean that I'm not in the victim circle right now. It doesn't mean that my mentality has changed because if my circumstances change tomorrow, if I was given another really difficult project that I was struggling with, if I my trip to Ireland was canceled next week, um, I would be right back where I started. Um, and so she had this like dawning epiphany that she got to choose her mentality and choose whether or not she was going to affect life and influence the world around her and the people around her no matter what circumstance she was in, whether she is on the mountaintop or she is in the pit. Um, and so the the like whole point of the story is to recognize that no matter where we are on this path of life, we have an active choice and we can take ownership of our perspective um, within that. One of the things I really uh, think will be maybe fun for you, but also kind of drive you crazy is uh, just spend a couple of days intentionally looking around you and in you for victim mentality in your own life. Because the kinds of things that Kylie is talking about is just pervasive in our mindset and the way that we view the world. We are so focused on how things affect us. And we ignore so much how how uh, we affect the things around us. So think about when you're in traffic and you're going 10 miles over the speed limit and somebody who's going five miles over the speed limit is in front of you passing a big truck that's going 60 miles an hour in the right lane. Think about just like how often you're like, oh, this idiot, even though the person is going faster than they than they're legal, they legally should be going. Uh, but we automatically adopt this perspective that this guy is a buffoon or this guy is evil or this guy is doing something that he shouldn't be doing because of the way it affects me. And the danger of this is that we filter all truth, all perception of truth through how it affects me, which creates a bias, which creates a dangerous uh, mindset that cripples us, again, from taking action in our own lives. My favorite example, Kylie has the iPhone debacle. My favorite example of this is when we were in Rome, we went to the Vatican Museum and we were backpacking Europe and this was about halfway through. So we were walking through the museum and it is packed. There are just people everywhere. And we just want to get to the end of the museum, which is where um, Sistine Chapel. Right, which is where the Sistine Chapel is. And so I am so annoyed that the crowd in front of us is moving so slowly. I mean, I am like literally breathing down the back of people's necks. And when they turn to look at me in anger, I sort of shrug as if to say, well, this is your fault. You're moving very slow. <laughs> and so I just am like building up all morning, getting constantly annoyed. And then all of a sudden, Kylie and I turn this corner and there's this beautiful hall of maps. And I love maps. So I slow way down. I'm looking <laughs> at every single map. I'm soaking in every inch of every single one. And I feel these jerks behind me just breathing on my neck. <laughs> and I want to turn around and say, what are you guys doing? These are beautiful maps. Slow down and enjoy it, right? And so my perspective is all about how the people around me are affecting me. And I don't realize that I am the person who is ignoring me just in reverse. 
Like I'm the guy breathing down somebody's neck. I'm moving both too fast and too slow compared to what other people are desiring. But we get so focused in our own world, our own filters, our own bias, our own perception that we close ourselves off from seeing the truth of what's really going on around us. And to bring it back to leadership, when we do that, we close ourselves off from our ability to influence properly because we don't communicate the truth. We don't communicate the full picture and the full possibilities. And the real tragedy is that in victim mentality, we don't think that we can do anything. We have to wait for the right politicians to show up. We have to wait for the right sports team to win the championship in order for us to feel good. We have to wait for our boss to get his act together and give us a raise. We have to wait for summer or spring or the vacation that we've been saving up for. We have we are held hostage. We think we are held hostage by an external circumstance that is just around the corner. When in reality, what we're doing is holding ourselves hostage by not perceiving the impact, the potential impact and the potential power that we have. And let me say this just to be clear. This isn't something that we made up. This is something that um, most leadership books and leadership uh, structures are built around. If you've ever heard of the seven habits of highly effective people, the first one is this. The first one is that you are the creative, a creative force in your life. So you have the power to take ownership of your choices. So how does awareness of the two circles and choosing the freedom circle help to make you a better leader? Uh, well, there's three different ways. Um, the first is that you're actually able to accurately name your reality. Um, this gives us a mental model, a tool for us to understand where we are actually at and take ownership of that. Um, and when I can accurately name my reality, then that means that I am set on a trajectory that's going to take me accurately towards my there, that my path is actually headed in the right direction. Let me just add to that, Kylie, like I'm thinking about sports because I just mentioned it, but uh, I'm a Yankees fan, right? So if there's a player who plays for the Yankees, I love him. I think he's pretty great, right? And I just, I don't think like I think he's great. I just think that he is empirically a good person, a good player. But if that player gets traded to the Red Sox, I think he's a traitor. I hate him. <laughs> I don't want to watch him. I think he's a bad, I think he's a bad person. And so to Kylie's point about assessing reality, I don't give enough credence to the way that my filters are affecting the way that I perceive the people and the circumstances around me. I just think Yankees players equal good, Red Sox players equal bad. And if I was in Boston, it would be the complete re reverse. And if I was in Houston, I wouldn't care at all. And so what this does is to help us to kind of take a step back from our uh, biases, from our preconceptions and to give us the opportunity to assess reality more accurately and therefore to assess our ability to influence that reality more truthfully and more effectively. A lot of times we think that this is how the world works. Something happens and I react to it and that's it. Hmm. And however I react is the truth. I had a friend once who told me, 
that we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by the face value of their actions, disregarding what their intentions might be behind it, or maybe better said is filtering it through our own intentions. I think what we neglect is that there is this magic gap between when something happens and we respond to it, where we get to decide how we're going to perceive and how we're going to proceed. So something happens, an external event, and we get to decide how we take that event and react to it. And unfortunately, we've created these patterns, uh, defensiveness, blame, anger, all kinds of different things that are reactionary without any sort of intention, without any sort of concept for where, what is my mission? What is my vision? Where am I trying to go? What is the best way that I can take what has just happened and use it towards that vision? Because we are just so reactionary that we think there's only one way that I can respond to something. We think that if somebody does this to me, I have to be angry. I have to. And then we justify in our minds, well, I hit him because he hit me. What else am I supposed to do, right? We disregard that magic little gap between when something happens to us and when we respond. And that gap is where we decide whether we're going to be in the victim circle or in the freedom circle whether we're going to focus on uh, shackling ourselves to the progression of somebody else or whether we're going to be able to take ownership of how we might progress the relationship or the project or the thing that uh, we're involved in. The second way that this helps us to become a better leader is it helps us to be more mission focused. When we are in the victim circle, when we are mired in victim mentality, uh, typically we're focused on me. We're focused on um, how things are affecting me. Um, but when we are able to actually take ownership and step into the freedom circle, we're able to focus on how I can help to affect change in the organization I'm in, in the in the different spheres that I am participating in. It isn't about me anymore. It's about the mission and what I can do to help to further that mission and help the organizations that I am a part of to succeed. Um, the third way that it helps us to be a better leader is it helps to turn our focus outside of ourselves and onto others. And when we are other focused, we are actually more effective people. Um, when we are caring about the community around us and valuing the people around us and empowering the people around us to utilize their gifts and skills um, and talents towards the mission that we're working towards, um, it actually helps to not only further the mission, but further the progress of all of the people that we're working with together. Um, it becomes less about me and more about us and how we can step forward um, and do something together, which there's always so much more value in than when I do something on my own. Uh, another great example of this from a book I've read recently is a book called Creativity, Inc., and it's the story of Pixar and how the creative 
directors, the creative minds, the creative forces of Pixar had to basically let go of their own, uh, you know, personal ambition for the sake of the mission, for the sake of the story, mm -hmm. right? So you can imagine how this is in, in your if you're working at Pixar or in any sort of creative field where you come into a meeting, you're pitching your idea and you want your idea to be received, right? You want people to like what you have to say. You want people to approve of what you have to say. So if I come into a meeting and I pitch an idea and then Kylie says, well, that's, that's a great start, but what about if we added this? Or what about if we did this thing differently? Well, one of my reactions, if I'm in the victim circle, is I'm going to be defensive and say, no, I've got to protect my little idea. I can't let this external force derail my beautiful and wonderful and perfect idea. And that was a real problem in Pixar and Disney and certain points along their journey. And what they discovered is that they've got to come into these meetings focused on the mission. And the mission at Pixar is the story, right? And so all of us have that opportunity to focus on the mission and to not take it so personally when people are trying to synergize with us, when people are trying to work with us, to not take it as an affront, as an attack on us or our ideas, but to take it as an opportunity for us to figure out something together. We are much better together than, than we are apart. And not just by math, our you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We synergize these things that uh, help us to build off of one another. And it's a real force in the world. And unfortunately, we close ourselves off of that when we mire ourselves in victim mentality because we're just focused on me and how I feel and how this is affecting me, my sense of affirmation, my sense of progress in the company, my sense of... uh feeling, you know, validated as a man in our marriage, whatever the case might be. And we close ourselves off of not only the mission, but of the other person and their value for pursuing that mission. So if we want to influence more effectively, we've got to recognize this reality, this dichotomy, this this choice we have between being focused on the way that other things affect us or to be focused on the way that we affect other things. So when a problem arises at work, instead of looking around to see like, who can I point the finger out? Who can I blame to make sure the blame doesn't land on me? Think first about where you are culpable in whatever happened. You're part of an organization, you're on a team. And I'm not saying just become a martyr for everything. What I'm saying is look first for how you can improve your own ability to influence. Because if we all do that, it changes the way that we achieve missions, the way that we participate in visions, and in the way that we perceive our reality. So the most asked question that we get is, what do I do if I find myself in the victim circle? How do we get ourselves out once we're there? Um, and you're going to have to tune in to the next episode in order to find out. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.